Hello, my name is Joe Rodriguez, and you're listening to Get the Money Right with Todd Butzer. Todd has decades of experience in giving real estate agents the training and resources they need to get their finances on track. In this episode, Todd will be interviewing Adam Hergenrother, founder and CEO of Olivian, an all-inclusive real estate platform for high-performing agents and teams. And now, here's Todd. Thanks, Joe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 25, if you can believe it, of Get the Money Right. We're so glad you're with us. And today is probably really fitting for episode 25, because you are about to meet an extraordinary human being. So I'm just going to go right to him. Please welcome everybody, our good friend and uh, mentor, leader, colleague, Adam Hergenrother. Adam, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here, Todd. We're so glad you could do this, and we're so excited for what you can share to our listeners. So let's just get right to it, Adam. Tell us about your businesses right now. Yeah, I mean, I always hate this part of an intro. It's like... <laughs> for it. But I mean, ultimately, ever since I got into real estate in 2006, it's just been, you know, one adventure after the another with a lot of failures and a few successes along the way. But ultimately, we kind of ended up with being the CEO of Libyan, which was, you know, formerly her group. We've got a little over, I think, 700 agents there. We'll probably do somewhere around seven or 8,000 transactions this year. I own three different market centers. I own a construction company. I own Alzheimer's care facilities or healthcare campuses. You know, they're all really along the lines of real estate. We wrote the book, The Founder and Force Multiplier. Hallie and I did from there, and that's gotten a lot of traction over the last couple of years. Uh, I enjoy actually, Todd, really the kind of creation phase of anything. And I've actually tried to fire myself from every job that I've ever had. Because once I actually get into something and it gets through, like I, I say, that kind of joke, but not joke. Like once it's through the hard part of kind of launching something, it's really more of that creation side. I actually get relatively bored with it. And I have to use a lot of willpower to stay focused to actually run an organization. So for me, my best strength is utilized when things are in growth mode or things are in, there's challenges, um, which this is why, you know, understanding financials and understanding numbers is one of the most important things that you can do as you're building a model out that you actually want to be able to scale. Um, and that's really where what we've done with Libyan over the last 12 years. I can remember my first conversation with Gary. Actually, it was me, Ben, and Gary, and, and Tim Heil. And I think Gary came in in 2011 and said, you guys need to duplicate your businesses, is what we called them. And I went out there and duplicated for me, because we were in Vermont, we've got like seven people and you know 11 cows. So it really from an economic standpoint, we couldn't really expand within our state that made economic sense. So we ended up moving a couple of states over in Maine to launch our first location. Actually, I, at the time, the first location we launched, I remember one of the leadership over there, they called me up and they said, you're going to jail. And I remember literally having this debate with her like eight o'clock at night. And I got off the phone. I was like, I'm not, of course I'm not going to jail. I got off the phone. And I literally looked at my wife. I'm like, am I going to go to jail? Like, what are we doing? Am I going to go to, and she's like, no, no. And that was kind of the birth of expansion, right? And lost millions of dollars, and you know, in the first couple, four or five years trying to figure it all out. The funny thing about scaling a company, you know, it's one thing to get an organization right in a local hub, which is hard enough on its own, right? But when you actually go out there to try, like Mark Zuckerberg said recently, he said, you know, anybody can build a company. And of course, that's not necessarily true, but anybody can build a company. He said, scaling a company is a completely different order. And I... I learn that every day. And that's why I think going back to my strength is really this area of just pushing through and kind of scaling where we're at now to Libyan's vision, which is five years, 1,500 
teams, 25,000 agents with every agent doing at least five transactions per month. I think that's the next iteration of real estate is not necessarily technology. Technology will enhance us. It's not a uh, disruption of the real estate professional themselves like we expected over the last couple of years or these big grandiose visions of CEOs coming in and running companies are saying that they're not going to be there. And when that didn't work, you know, we're back to the nuts and bolts of building businesses that are profitable, not putting growth over profit. And that's one thing that we've always done over the last 12 years, Todd, is especially since this is a money podcast, which is I had to grow an organization with my own cash flow. So I had to learn how to make sure that we were, as we made mistakes, that I could recoup it with profits because I didn't, I never went and got other money from anybody else, right? And so building and scaling a company with your own cash flow is slower, but I also think you learn a lot more along the way, which has led to where we are today. Adam, you hit on several things there, and it struck me that one of the key themes that I heard coming out of you was this idea that you were getting coaching from Gary Keller, from Keller Williams. You already were a large thinker. So help us, the listeners that are listening today that are kind of uh, stuck, if you will. We're on this treadmill. We keep doing about the same things. We are a little messy financially maybe, and we're just not breaking through these ceilings that you've broken through so many times in your life. What advice would you give to help us change our thinking, so to speak? It's not a magical sentence. Building a business is, is kind of staying in it long enough to survive so you can hit some level of growth. I think too many people just, you can call it never giving up or whatever big adjective you want to use that sounds good on a podcast. But the reality of really what it is, is you just got to stay in your business long enough, being willing to hang in there and learn and surviving your mistakes. And that's kind of where we're going back before, which is if you're able to fail small and survive your mistakes and actually get a return on effort from those, the return on the failure itself, and you're constantly innovating, you'll actually get where you want to go. It's not that hard. It's just People typically have overspent or overspending on their personal life. So they have this pressure on their business to perform a certain dollar amount. And then when they fail, they can't retract from that. And so what they end up doing is they start to grow a business. They increase their income to, call it, they increase $100,000. They use that and they now have a new life at $100,000. And the problem with increasing your lifestyle is that what you thought was a luxury becomes a necessity once you have it. And so it's literally, you see this pattern go on and look, luxury doesn't mean you're flying around in private jets and a yacht. Like you can go and all of a sudden you have a new membership at a golf club for $1,100 a month, right? Like that's a luxury. And now that you're there, you're going, you know, Todd, I can't give this up anymore. So now your life is revolving around a fixed expense that you have pressure from your business to perform, to be able to do that, which then impacts your thinking so that you can no longer take the risk that you need to get the failure that you need small enough so you can actually make the improvement to scale your organization. And that's where people fall is that they don't actually, they're not willing to live below their means, if you will, or to reinvest into their business long enough. And Gary Keller has a great story on that where he was making over a million dollars a year from his market centers and then taking every single dollar from that outside of $150,000 that he set aside for his own personal life and was reinvesting it and losing money in his other businesses for seven years until you hit your growth. And I'm not saying you need to go out there and lose money. I'm just saying you need to go out there and decide what matters more to you. I think most people, if they really want to grow their business, can grow their business. I think people just need to be real in terms of what do I really want? And then 
does this match with what I'm willing to do in my life? In my experience from, you know, launching this last 60 days alone, we've launched over 20 teams into Libya. They're all 30 to a plus plus million dollar team. So these are real teams. And it's not that they don't know how to do it. Everyone does. Everyone, I mean, it's like, how do you lose weight? Well, I mean, you just eat less and you move. I mean, it's not hard, right? It's just, do you want to do it? And so part of it comes down to is, is what you want, are you willing to actually do? And, and I think it's not necessarily the actions, it's the sacrificing on the personal income side that allows you to actually be able to build your business in a way that you actually are creating a foundation that you scale. Think of it as like a trampoline, right? Like you need to be able to go down to be able to go up. Um, and if you're not willing to be able to put the energy where you need to at first, you're not going to be able to hit this geometric runs. So Adam, I truly believe what you just said, every real estate professional anywhere should just listen to that two minutes of what you just shared. It was so powerful. So I have a question for you. You got into the business in 06. Were you naturally good with money early on, Adam? Or was this something you had to study and get good at? No, I wasn't actually. I would caution people to follow my story because I walked a fence line that could have fallen on either side. And basically, when I started increasing my income, I started to increase my personal life. And the reality was, is I did some side hustles to get me out of it. I bought and sold homes that turned out to turn lots of profits. I was a builder at the time too. So I was building a personal home and then I would sell it and make three or $400,000, which honestly allowed me to stay in the game because I also increased some of my personal life. And it wasn't until about six years into my journey that I realized I needed to really pause on that. And that's actually when my organization really started, all the organizations started to jump up. But it took me six years to figure that out. And during that period of time, again, it could have easily, I tell people that I was walking on this very fine fence line and I could have either way, there were months away, if I didn't sell an asset that I owned in order to get free cash flow, I probably would be in a completely different position than I am right now. So don't follow that path. There's way too much stress. There's too much anxiety. I put myself in it. Look, I know looking back that I put myself in those positions to almost see if I could get out of them. And even today, just yesterday, I was looking at some real estate to buy and I'm like, that's a $16 million purchase here. It's not even a personal thing. It's an asset. But I'm like, that's a big risk. And I'm like, do I need that right now? So it's like, I always, even today, just the numbers get bigger when you get a bigger world. So the same, if you don't learn the principles of money management in terms of like what's off the table and that you don't want to touch and what's on the table for you to invest, if you can't afford the negative cash flow, then you're not really an investor. And during that time, I was just a risk taker. And I happened to get the risk right. Honestly, it was like a 70% chance that I wouldn't have gotten it right. It just happened. And in, in those times, I worked seven days a week, 10, 11 hours a day. This is a season of my life. And I will say that I actually enjoyed that, though. I enjoyed that amount of work. I enjoyed what I was doing. I didn't have kids at that time yet. So it was a season in my life, but now I have three kids under 10. I coach their soccers. I coach lacrosse for them. Like that means a lot more. So then I have to also be very careful that I don't want to put myself in situations where it ever threatens for me to go out there and say, Livian has to go make a certain amount of money. This company has to make a certain amount of money to support my life. And I think it's just really important for people to hear that because what feels way more, not really way of saying it, what feels what you're looking for is a feeling. And what feels better is knowing that you have a lot of money in the bank that you're not having to do it versus driving around in some car. I've lived in multi-million dollar homes that I sold to Austin Powers, Mike Myers. I live in a house that I bought for $400,000. 
which is like a percentage, a small percentage of what I actually make every year. And I look at my wife every day and I'm like, we're just as happy here as we are anywhere else. Like Bill Gates doesn't feel any different walking into his $60 million home than you do walking into your house. I promise you, the experience may be different. Maybe he's got some more room and he can go into that. But the overall well-being of his experience, he doesn't feel a lick of difference. He actually said that one time. He said, you know, sure, I've got 16 rooms. I can only sleep in one of them, right? I mean, it's, that's what he's saying. So don't have this expectation that by having these material things is going to bring you this well-being or peace that you're looking for. What's going to really bring that to you is you knowing that you have plenty of money in the bank, that your finances are secure, and you're living way below your means. That will feel way better. And then it's nothing wrong with enhancing your life. If you have the ability, I pay cash for any personal item that I have in my life. So anything that I have that's a, a luxury item is paid for, it's paid for cash, and whether you use it or not is just the thing then, right? So it doesn't consume you or it doesn't own you in that way. So just be very careful about what you're, why you're doing what you're doing. And I think once you get your head on that way, you'll put yourself in the right direction. I'm kind of just silent because I'm taking all of that in, Adam. It's so beautifully said. So how did Livian come about? Yeah. So when we went to duplication in 11, I called it Universal Properties International. And then we, at some point around 2015, People would know Adam Hergenrother, but they wouldn't know Universal Properties International. So we switched to her group. But first, we're going to do Hergenrother group. But if you I mean, it's like 108 letters. So like nobody wants that on a sign or anything. So um, we called it her group, um, which is what it was. And that stayed for there. And then I think at any point in time, you realize that you can get where you want to go. It's just, do you want to do it faster with somebody or do you want to continue on your same path? And I woke up and I said, man, we really have something here. We really are growing. We're seeing, and let me just, I'll take a, a 90 second diversion from this. If you look at real estate teams at any brokerage, it doesn't matter what brokerage they are. In 2010, I think like one of the biggest teams was like 60, 70 million, right? That was like a really big team. And like you were on stage everywhere, so whatever it is. I don't think anybody looked at income, but a big, it was a big team, right? And so then everyone's like, well, I'm gonna go build a team. It was kind of like their opportunity. For most, whether you're Remax, Keller Williams, or any other brokers that's out there, those kind of opportunities started to move away, right? Then people woke up and said, well, what's my opportunity in 2010? And it was like, we're going to go after teams. And so then everyone started building these teams over this next decade. Really, I call it from 2010 to 2020 was the year of teams. And so everyone built a team. And then all of a sudden, everyone woke up in 2020 and realized, I've got this team. I'm a hot mess. Either they're making a ton of money and have no life. And they literally, we've been in conversations with people that have been like, Todd, I'd rather, I'm making 400 grand a year. I'd rather go take a job for $100,000 now than maintain what I'm doing. I don't even want to get out of bed anymore. Or they have structure of their team, but they've gotten themselves into compensation splits that are way too high or too much expenses and they're, you know, a 10% profit margin. You have these two extremes. Everyone woke up in one of kind of these camps for the most part. And so then they were like, okay, well, what do I do with it? And that's when in around 2019, 2020, you started seeing these expansion networks, right? These really, they're just a company that accelerates teams, right? And then the team can plug in and we become a basically a board of directors in a business for that team to plug into from everything from coaching their agents, coaching the training to models and systems to recruitment, right? Most teams are recruiting to a personality. When you join Livian or expansion networks like that, you're recruiting to a model and a playbook, which is completely different than recruiting to a personality. That's how you're seeing these teams grow so much. We do all of the financial metrics. So 
talking about financials, we send them a weekly financial every week about what your profit is going to look like this month, next month, and the month after, right? And what is your loss going to look like if it's there? So that everyone's seeing very clearly where you are with number-wise. We also take over all of the reserves for them so that these companies no longer have to worry about keeping reserves in there or worry about making payroll. So we run the financial metrics of the organization and we have all these teams now. We have, well, you're out of this percentage. You're out of this percentage or this is too high. So we can really guide you from a physical standpoint on where you need to be to actually run a profitable business in an organization. And many more things go on there, but that's kind of what we built. And we woke up and we said, we have all these all of these pieces that everyone's looking for and they can plug directly into this and they plug directly into this, they can no longer have to worry about the 108 things that running a business entails and they can actually go out and do what they're really good, which is one of two things. They're either really good at recruiting and sales or they're really good from like this operational standpoint because you see CEOs or owners in one of these sides, right? And so either way, we'll come in there and plug them in a direction that really works for them. That's why you're seeing so many teams join, you know, Livian and other expansion networks because they woke up and said, I've got this massive team, but really I'm walking around in this coat of anxiety and stress and mainly, and I don't want to admit it to anybody, but I'm walking around in a fear and stress because I don't really know how or what I did to make this team successful. And so every day I wake up with this fear that I could lose it all tomorrow. And so why not, if I can partner and make more money with this company, that's going to do all of these things for me. That makes a lot more sense. So that's where we are today with Livian. And that's why you're seeing people join. And it's honestly a lot of fun because it gives people back their life. I think the best story that you can see is when, you know, you're seeing our teams on stage and they're going, as an agent, I sold 60 houses last year and had three out of the four weekends off a month, right? Or I was able to get these time back because people are burnt out, not just in real estate, everywhere. Mentally, physically, they're just burnt out from doing everything. And I believe this is the next iteration of how we actually approach real estate, the real estate industry, which is it's a per agent productivity with time back in their life. I think, again, we want to have 25,000 agents in five years, averaging at least five deals per month. And that sets the new bar for everything that's out there. So I think one of the things that really comes through with you, Adam, and it came through to me, I mean, early, early on in my businesses with that you helped our businesses, and that is you really do, you care about these people and what can happen in their world. And I think that's what really makes your companies uh, work. So in your heart somewhere, you must have a cool story or two of a transformation you saw happen. We've all seen the agents doing three, four million in gross commissions, but they don't have any money and they're broke and their life's in shambles and so on. But you must have some transformations. You have a couple stories like that that you could share that have been fun for you. You don't have to give us any names or anything, but what comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, let me describe what I believe personal growth is. When you go out and you wake up every day, you're trying to essentially make your inner world a wonderful experience. Because that's really the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your inner experience. Because nobody else is in there with you, Todd. Nobody else is in there with you, Joe. I don't care how close you are to somebody. You're the only one having that inner experience. So people wake up and they're trying to get the world right so their experience becomes okay. And I think personal growth is when instead of trying to get the world right to get your experience right, you actually do it the opposite. You get your inner world right. And so that the rest of the world can do whatever it's going to do and you're fine with it. That's the absolute freedom people are looking for, by the way. Financial freedoms, you know, physical freedom, those are wonderful things and go after them. But absolute freedom is you're able to walk through the world undisturbed. And you know what I mean? Like just you, people get disturbed all the time. I always 
we're inflating this, is look at this as like 200% life, 100% in the outer world and 100% inner world. So one of the coolest experiences that we have in Libyan, and when you ask, we polled all of our individuals recently and we said, what's the one thing you love about Libyan? And they said, personal growth. And so I think the reason what they're really defining right there is we teach people to the things that used to bother them no longer bother them. So for instance, somebody that's driving in a car and you're late and you freak out for two minutes and it affects the rest of your life. You go home, you're angry with somebody to hearing these stories of people like, man, I was driving behind this guy. I was going 20 to 40. And for 10 minutes, I didn't realize he was even doing 25. I wasn't even bothered by it. I just had this way more of this acceptance and well-being in my life. And then it made me more successful in my business life because then I was able to actually approach a situation with clarity. I was able to approach my next clients with a different attitude. So it starts with this level of personal growth, which is, again, to work on yourself, your inner world. So that becomes undisturbed. So you can actually go out there and handle the events that are going to happen in the outer world. It doesn't mean you can't enhance your life, but that's part of it. And then, of course, you know, one thing that we're really proud of kind of on the external side is the majority of our teams that we brought on this year, I would say 90% of our teams that we brought on this, even say in 2022, have almost doubled their business within 60 days. I mean, think about that. And these are $5 million teams within 60 days. Double team. Don Krause is a great example of this. She came in at a hundred, right? You know, Matt Mialy, who runs a wonderful, huge 600 unit team in Connecticut. So if I'm an agent right now, whose business Adam is getting there, it's, you know, we're starting to really get a handle on this, but we know there's so much more for us. How does someone plug into live? How do they start this process with your company and where do they go? I mean, you can go to Libyan.com, of course, or you can always reach out to me. I mean, you just type in my name and my email is there and I'll certainly put you in touch and we can have that conversation. We have a podcast that is similar to this conversation, which is business meets spirituality. So you can always go out there and if you want to just hear more about our world, Libyan has its own podcast as well, too, that we have out there as, which actually we have one that's just market data right now, which is awesome. It's seven minutes or less every Tuesday it goes out. So market Monday, it goes out on Tuesdays with just what's going on in the world of real estate right now. Uh, Eric Forney, our director of industry, does that. And it's a wonderful, wonderful podcast. What's the name of that podcast, Adam? Yeah, Livian Podcast. Okay, awesome. Well, Adam, I can't thank you enough. It's been so fun to see your smiley face again and to hear your brilliance. And I know that our listeners today got a lot out of tapping into that beautiful brain of yours. So we just wish you all the best and thank you for all you do for this company. Yeah, thanks, Todd. And I appreciate all the work you're getting people to share their knowledge with this. So thanks. Thanks, Adam. That concludes this episode of Get the Money Right. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of our new episodes that come out every Monday. We have a Get the Money Right Facebook group linked to the description where we post discussions to answer your questions. If you want to support the show, please leave a five-star review and share with your colleague. If you're a real estate agent who is getting their money right and want to be guests on the show, please submit all inquiries to getthemoneyright.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.